We are back here on the Jason Greger Show, hour number two. We've got the Baja Blast and our cups. We're ready to go, Brandon. The show, as always, brought to you by PlayAlberta.ca. You can call the shots with same-game parlays. Now live at PlayAlberta.ca. Sign up today and use code SPORTS50 to get a free $50 bet. Coming to you live from the Ewell Studios. Ewell gives you more than premium quality electrical products. Are you really ready to elevate your projects? Contact Ewell to discuss how they can partner with you for success. E-W-E-L dot C-A. 1-833-401-1440 is the text line. If you want to chime in here on the show, lots to get to still. This hour, we're going to preview the weekend for the Edmonton Oilers. A John Hoven of Mayor's Manor will join us to discuss those Los Angeles Kings. And Alexis Downey, the Ducks pre and post game host on Duckstream, will join us uh, in about 40 minutes time to discuss the Anaheim Ducks. And uh, kind of we'll roll into that because uh, we got the list here. And you might have seen it floating around on social media. Fan bases most hated teams. A survey of more than 2,000 people from different fan bases were asked to pick their most hated team, their most hated rival. And the Edmonton Oilers pop up a little bit. Uh, the LA Kings have the Edmonton Oilers as their number one most hated team ahead of the Vegas Golden Knights and the Anaheim Ducks. Now, the last two playoff series probably goes a long way. Social media has just lit fuel to the fire, and people get really worked up about it now. It gets personal on social media. So I can see why that would happen. For the Edmonton Oilers, the most hated teams ranked one through three are the Calgary Flames, the Vegas Golden Knights, and the Toronto Maple Leafs. No surprise, the Toronto Maple Leafs pop up basically on every team's list, maybe except the Ducks and the Coyotes because they're so far away and they probably just don't get Canadian media quite as much and uh, don't have to worry about it. Uh, But they are very popular. Uh, When you look at some other teams that apparently dislike the Oilers, the Vegas Golden Knights dislike the Edmonton Oilers. They are the number one most hated team. And that's kind of it. The Calgary Flames, obviously, dislike right right there. Uh, some Oilers dropping in for the Vancouver Canucks, the third most disliked team behind the Bruins and the Leafs. Bruins beat them in the Stanley Cup final. That makes sense. They don't hate the Rangers anymore. Got to let bygones be bygones and move on from that one. But uh, uh, let us know, one 401 who is your most hated fan base or team? Like, who is it? You're a Ducks fan, Brandon. So going back, uh, maybe take off your media hat, put your fan hat on. Which teams to this day do you still dislike? Uh, the Detroit Red Wings, for sure. Um, of course, they're now in the Eastern Conference, but uh, long time um, stonewall to the Ducks, uh, even during their best years uh, of Korea and Solani, uh, yeah. unable to make it very deep in the playoffs, often running into the Red Wings during you know what was their heyday. They were loaded. Um, they were the best team in the league for a long time. Uh, the only team that could really beat them were the Avalanche, and even that didn't happen all the time. Uh, of course, the LA Kings, um, it was kind of the nice thing for what was the equivalent of five years, being able to you know lord it over uh, Kings fans that, yes, the Ducks were the first team from the West Coast <laughs> to win the Cup. The Kings followed that up by um, beating the Ducks uh, on home ice in Game 7 to on route to their first championship, um, and then a, again in 2014. So it's uh, – or they beat them in 2014, pardon me, one in 2012. But uh, So the Kings for sure, Red Wings, long history there. If I were to pick a third one – Ooh, I know Oilers fans do hate the Ducks. Not Ducks fans. They hate the Ducks because of the uh, 2017 situation. There's no ill will back the other way, though, because <laughs> we talked about earlier. When you win, it doesn't matter as much. It's like, yeah. why does a lion concern itself with the opinion of the sheep, right? You're uh, watching Game of Thrones, aren't you? Uh, well, I was. Um, 
But I think that that expression goes well beyond just that show. I thought I saw like the picture of that with like it is Jamie on that Lannister show because the lion is the target or the target the Lannister sigil. Uh, but it's just a common expression, I think. I I don't know if I could think of a third team. So do you want to know what the survey Sharks says? Maybe sharks, maybe. No, the survey says Kings one, Golden Knights second, and Blackhawks third. Yeah, the Blackhawks uh, also beat the Ducks. Um, one of the years that they kind of had their best versions of the team, 2015. Blackhawks went. Blackhawks went on to win the cup there, like the Kings did in 14, and then like the uh, Predators did in 2017. So, and the Predators have beat the Ducks in the playoffs a couple times uh, as well. So, if you think about it, and I don't have the list in front of me uh, like you do, but I would think that playoff matchups and like beating you out when in years that you think you had the team to do it. I think those that holds more value, especially recency bias on it uh, as well. So just kind of scrolling through here. I mean, there, there are some interesting, the Boston Bruins for sure. When you're a popular fan base, you're just certainly going to get more hatred. That's just the way it goes. So the Bruins are up there quite a bit. Uh, the Rangers, you got a lot of the Penguins, the Golden Knights are everywhere because you, I mean, why wouldn't you? They just won the Stanley Cups. Of course you do. Greg texting into one eight three three four zero one fourteen forty says, I wonder if Toronto hates Edmonton. Well, the Maple Leafs, according to this survey, the top three teams are the Bruins at one, the Canadians at two, and the Senators at three. The Senators kind of surprised me. As to the Canadians, it's been a while. I mean, I thought maybe they might just say, you know, kind of lovable losers at this point, but it's good the rivalry hangs in there. Bruins makes a whole lot of sense. I thought maybe the Lightning might get in there. The Lightning, just scrolling through here, only one team hates them, <laughs> and it is the Florida Panthers. But not the most. The Florida Panthers fan base hates them the second most after the Toronto Maple Leafs, which is hilarious because everyone seems to hate Toronto. Jeff texting in saying the biggest rivals for me are Calgary, Vancouver, Vegas, Dallas, and Colorado. Yeah, I mean, if you were a fan during the late 90s, early 2000s, Dallas and Colorado have to be there. Those teams were loaded. The Oilers did all they could. And then, uh, you know, Calgary, Vancouver, for sure. Recency, and then Vegas, absolutely. I mean, I, I love it. that The playoffs, the series between Vegas and Edmonton was a lot of fun. I mean, the uh, Evander Kane scoring the goal, and then the lady, the Vegas Golden Knights fan, flipping him the bird. That picture is iconic. Used a lot in social media circle, circles, so that's certainly a good one. Uh, Spaghetti saying flames, canes, and leaves hated all equally. That's fair. That's fair. We talked a little bit about it because some people don't hate the canes as much, uh, but I certainly get why you would dislike them. As a fan of the Edmonton Oilers or a longtime fan, AH says Toronto, Vancouver. Signed, Toxic Oiler fans. Oh, and Toxic Oiler fans. I am an Oilers fan, but a portion of our fan base drives me nuts. That's fair, because just looking at the uh, the results here, the most annoying fan base, just in percentages, 37% of people thought it was the Leafs, 10% the Sens, the Sens are sickos, and the Oilers tied for third with the Rangers at 9%. Brandon, I think being a, fa- a non-Oilers fan in Edmonton probably can be a little bit it could probably be a lot for you. It's I honestly, it's reached the point of humor for me. And at times it can reach intolerability, especially with the Oilers' recent rise to being a very competitive team and a, uh, you know, actually contending team uh, for a couple of years running now. I, I did not grow up in Edmonton. Uh, growing up kind of split between uh, just about almost exactly halfway uh, east of Red Deer outside of Delburn. Uh, lot of it was a pretty good split of flames and Oilers fans around me growing up but it was you know small town it kind of is what it is you don't pay much attention I, I was a ducks fan growing up moved to edmonton to go to university 
back home for a bit and then back here again for Nate. Living in Edmonton for the number of years that I have now, I like Oilers fans are insane. They, they are. And yes, there's a very good portion that are level-headed and, um, you know, even keel. They look at things through a realistic lens, but there is just as many that are absolutely out to lunch. The amount of texts that we get on this show that think we should trade um, a player that wouldn't even rank in another uh, system's top 10 prospects, we can just trade them straight across for some team starting goalie <laughs> or something. Like The overvaluing of your own assets as a fan, it's natural. It always happens. You pay more attention to these guys. You think they're better than they are, whether it be a fourth-line player, prospect, whatever. So uh, Oilers fans, they, I get it. I, I can totally understand why they are. You said it was tied for third on that list. Yeah. I get it. I can see it. And I have a lot of very good friends that are Oilers fans. I got some friends that are Leafs fans. Some are intolerable. Some are very modest and nice. It's You'll find it across any fan base, no matter what. I will say, I mean, I, I think there has to be a correlation between the passion of the fans and their annoyance level. 100%. Which makes me kind of confused how the Calgary Flames got 0% of the most annoying fan base. But I guess recently they've been pretty quiet. Yeah. If you would have done it, you know, after game one of the Oilers Flames series, <laughs> probably a little bit higher, but they've dropped off quite a bit. Yeah, the Maple Leafs leading the way. The Sens kind of surprised me. Maybe they had a, a lot of confidence going into this season, hasn't quite quite gone their way, obviously. Maybe a lot of the people surveyed were Leafs fans. That would be that would be uh, accurate, <laughs> Le- probably. Every person surveyed as a Leafs fan said Ottawa. Every other person in the entire <laughs> league that was surveyed said Toronto. It would make sense. Uh, Aaron texting in. To the Jiffy Lube inbox, one 1440 Who do the Canadians hate? Well, the Montreal Canadiens, it might not surprise you. The Leafs are number one. They've got the Boston Bruins at number two and the Ottawa Senators at number three. So the uh, the Eastern Canadian, the original six matchups, I get it. The Bruins, you, I mean, you and I talked about it. It's been a while for the city of Boston, maybe Foxborough, New England, but that, that area had a lot of wins, and I think a lot of sports fans grew to detest them. I hated the Red Sox. I hate the Patriots. People hate the Patriots, and now that is shifting towards the Chiefs. We've talked about that extensively uh, across all programming. I think Kevin and I have talked about it. You and I have talked about it. I think you and Gregor have touched on it uh, over the course of the season, too. Nobody's feeling sorry for the Chiefs that none of their receivers can catch a pass. No. When, as soon as you win, you become a target. Got to throw the ball better, Patrick. That's all you have to do. Lay it in there. Throw a more catchable ball. Yeah, that's it's simple. Justin Herbert. Well, no, that's his. That's that's not on him. That's on his receivers. Quinton Johnston. Uh, Greg says, "Where can we find these lists?" I believe it's Jay Fresh Hockey on Twitter. Yes. Some of his his analytics confuse me at times because, you know, I I would say when I look at analytics, it's like maybe thirty percent for me, seventy percent eye test. But yeah, he got these these stat, uh, statistics. So at Jay Fresh Hockey on Twitter or X. Cliff says, from Red Deer, don't forget the most hated team for Leafs fans, the Leafs. Well, I mean, they do want to ship out their players all the time. I, I'm i fortunate to hop on. And Oilers fans never do that. They, no, of <laughs> course not. Of course not. It's all logical. I, I do a little hit with uh, Scott Mitchell down in Camrose. He's a Leafs fan. And we talk about the Leafs because it's so funny. Like, got to trade Marner. Not him per se, but the fan base. And we try to figure out what, what happens there. Uh, that that's passion and Brandon from Victoria as an Oilers fan on the West Coast Canucks fans are the worst right now I can see it I still remember going to games uh, when it was Marcus Nasland and Todd Bertuzzi and the Young Sedins and they were uh, they, they kind of beat up on the Oilers 
And their fans, they're all drinking beers with a straw and they would just be chirping us. So annoying. So annoying. So I get that, Brandon. Uh, stay strong out there. We'll see what happens at the end of the year. If the, if the Canucks keep this up, they got a great chance to do some damage, but you got to see what happens. Playoff hockey is a lot different than uh, what we're seeing right now, and we've seen that firsthand here in Edmonton. Uh, what we're going to do now is take a break, and when we come back, we will talk a little L.A. Kings with John Hoven of Mayor's Manor. We'll also be talking to Alexis Downey at 340. She's the Ducks pre- and post games on the Ducks stream. We'll talk about the Ducks because the Oilers, of course, play the Kings tomorrow and the Ducks on Sunday. So we'll uh, talk a little bit about what's going on down in SoCal. Maybe they'll give me some talk about the LA Chargers as well. I'm sure they don't care about the Chargers, but I might ask. We'll see. It is the Jason Greger Show. Connor Halley, Brandon Douglas sitting in here on Sports 1440 as well as Oilers Nation's YouTube and Facebook channels. 323, welcome back to the Jason Greger Show here on Sports 1440, brought to you by PlayAlberta.ca. If you're going to play, make sure you use your game sense. Connor Halley, Brandon Douglas with you here as we're getting you through this positive Friday. Of course, you can always join the conversation. 1-833-401-1440. That is the text line. Uh, we're going to be talking about rivals a little bit here uh, because we, we kind of got on the topic. Jay Fresh had the the uh, the survey out there about rivals with teams and uh, for the Edmonton Oilers, they appeared on a few lists. Uh, I don't know if it's just the, the fans that people dislike or the actual team, but the LA Kings, according to the survey, had the Edmonton Oilers as their number one most disliked team. And the LA Kings playing some great hockey this season so far. Of course, the two teams have met in each of the last two playoffs with the Oilers being victorious in each of those two series. So uh, let's preview that game tomorrow. Let's go around the NHL Brought to you by McDonald's and get the sweet maple barbecue and savory bacon as they unite on a 100% Canadian beef quarter pounder. Now at McDonald's, but only for a limited time. Maple barbecue and bacon. That's a great combination. I once had it on a Sunday, but it's even better on a burger. Uh, We now bring in John Hoven of Mayor's Manor. John, good afternoon. How are you doing today? Connor, I'm doing outstanding. Uh, I love hearing that survey about the fans there and... uh, (laughs) You know, where, where their hatred lies these days. That's good to hear. Well, I mean, and, and that's kind of where I wanted to start because we threw it out there earlier on in the show. I can tell you, growing up as an Oilers fan, late 90s, early 2000s, I absolutely hated the Dallas Stars. But talking to Dallas Stars fans, they would tell me, well, we didn't really hate you guys because we just beat you all the time. So the Oilers <laughs> fans right now maybe don't hate the LA Kings quite as much as they hate the Vegas Golden Knights, the Flames, or the Toronto Maple Leafs, but Vegas or the Kings fans seem to dislike the Oilers. Is that something you've noticed uh, with your interactions with the fan base? Yeah, you know, it reminds me back around 2010, it was a pretty interesting dynamic between the Kings and other teams. Mm-hmm. The fan base really hated the Anaheim Ducks and the San Jose Sharks, yet the players privately in the room talked more about their hatred for the Sharks and the Canucks. And so there's a little bit of a recency bias, I think, that's taking place right now when you talk about Kings fans hating the Edmonton Oilers, you look at the lack of playoff success over the last two seasons against Edmonton, and so the L.A. fans are going to obviously dislike Edmonton right now. But big picture, I think that uh, the majority of Kings fans, they save their hatred these days uh, more for the Vegas Golden Knights and their long-standing hatred for the Anaheim Ducks. Uh, But Edmonton, it'll be a, a festive atmosphere in the building here in Los Angeles uh, tomorrow night when the two teams hook up for the first time in the regular season. And of course, Edmonton fans don't really hate Los Angeles because they love coming here and buying up all the tickets and taking advantage of the warm weather this time of the year. So uh, it'll be a fun game tomorrow night 
at Crypto.com Arena. Oh, absolutely. I'm envious of all the Oilers fans that got to escape our cold, albeit not as cold as usual. Uh, to get down to L.A. for a few days, maybe do Disneyland, uh, that could be a good time. So jealous of the fans that did make it down here. Now, I want to ask you, because I did see uh, some reports here, and we'll get to the actual game in a second, but reports of the L.A. Kings could potentially revisit their uniforms going forward next year. Uh, is there any truth to this from what you've heard? Yeah, so about a week or so ago, we, we broke the story on mayorsmanor.com. People can go there and check it out. It's also linked to the top of my Twitter page, uh, Mayor NHL. But, yeah, the Kings are taking a look. Uh, next year is going to be an interesting year around the league because with the move from Adidas to Fanatics, uh, teams are, from what we hear, are going to be somewhat limited in the amount of jersey changes that they can make. Uh, at one point, there was even talk about teams being limited to just home and road jerseys due to, of course, supply chains and production issues and things like that. So we'll have to see where it goes. But the Kings introduced their, their current alternate jersey right now, which is a, a heritage jersey or a throwback jersey. It's a modernization of the, the uh, early 90s jersey. Um, with a different logo than what they've used here for the last 15 years or so. And there seems to be some movement that they're going back in that direction. Some people call them the Gretzky era jerseys, although that might you know, rub some of the Edmonton fans the wrong way. Uh, but that, that black and silver look with a different logo than what they've used that says L.A. on the front. So we'll see if that's the direction. And if that's the case, there, there's a, a mock-up of what the black jersey might look like. Uh, we also had some intel. They were testing out some different numbers using silver, white, black, different variations on both the white and black jerseys. So um, great article there. People want to go check it out. Should be a little bit of a fresh look for the Kings heading into the 24-25 NHL season. I would absolutely embrace that. If they were to go back to the Gretzky era look, I think those are some of the nicest jerseys we've seen. So I would be a fan of it. Call it the Gretzky era if you want. It doesn't upset me at all. John Hoven joining us here on the Jason Greger Show. Connor Halley, Brandon Douglas sitting in today. You can catch John's work at Mayor's Manor. And now the LA Kings playing some good hockey as of late. I know they dropped the game to the Vegas Golden Knights 3-2 in Vegas. So not a terrible result really. But before that, winning four of five. Uh, How has the team been looking as of late, John? Well, they look like two different teams. Out on the road, they've been world beaters, but at home, they've basically been playing 500 hockey. Uh, Straightened things out a little bit more recently, but they're going to need to improve at home, not only against Edmonton on Saturday, but they're going to overall head as we head here into the second half of the season. Team needs to play, uh, you know, their style of hockey, which is a strong defensive game, uh, and then putting up pucks, uh, putting up goals offensively. Uh, coming into this year, you know, really it started about a year ago, but this team is up their offensive game historically when you think of the LA Kings and success you think about them playing a strong defensive game winning a lot of games 2-1 or maybe 3-2 but uh, the offense has really started to come around over the last few years through a series of trades that have brought in guys like Deneau and Kevin Fiala and then some of the younger kids um, that have been chipping in whether it's Trevor Moore or Arthur Kaliev and things like that obviously Kempe's turned into a world-class goal scorer so this year with the addition of Dubois they have three solid lines uh, offensively, but they have really four lines that they're comfortable throwing over the boards, uh, you know, at any given moment. And, and the defense is uh, short up a little bit after the trade for Gavrikov uh, from the Columbus Blue Jackets last year. So they like this lineup. They feel this lineup here this season is stronger than it was last year. And of course, if they plan on beating Edmonton at some point in the playoffs, they're going to need to be a better team, you know, given the results uh, over the last couple of years. Those series were close, but LA didn't have what they needed to be able to get past the Oilers uh, just quite yet. What have you made of the play of Anze Kopitar? Obviously 36 years old, but showing no signs of slowing down. We talked a lot a few years ago with Phil Deneau after his breakout season with the Kings 
about the word regression. And he talked about you don't want regression, you want progression. And when you talk about Andre Kopitar at his age and the number of seasons he's played the National Hockey League, regression would be a natural thing to take a look at. He is actually Mr. Consistency. If you look back over the history of his career, year by year, season by season, you'll see that he just continues to be a very consistent player, and there hasn't been any sort of regression. And if anything, there's actually been progression in his game this year. It's interesting because with Dubois coming over, it has once again helped to balance out the lines and reduce the amount of minutes that he has to play. And even with those reduced minutes, Kopitar looks to be having one of his better offensive seasons. So he certainly is fresh when he's out there. Shows no signs of slowing down. He signed a two-year contract extension over the summer as well. Uh, we'll have to see if that's going to be his you know, final two years in the NHL. Uh, that's a ways to go at this point. But uh, Kopitar, no signs of slowing down and really a solid line with you know, youngster Quinton Byfield on one side and uh, Adrian Kempe, who I mentioned, uh, you know, has had two, two back-to-back phenomenal years offensively over on the other wing. John Hoven joining us here talking about the L.A. Kings as the Oilers in L.A. to take on the Kings tomorrow night. That's an 8 o'clock mountain time puck drop, 7 o'clock local time. Now, on the blue line, I think a guy that some Oilers fans would say they have hated over the years, Drew Doughty, and it's it's based on respect because Doughty is one hell of a player. Uh, but how has Doughty looked this season? Much like what I just said about Andre Kopitar, <laughs> uh, the fountain of youth is not really, uh, uh, or I should say, is benefiting Drew Doughty. Uh, and if anything, this year he's looked the best that he's probably looked in a few years. And that's not saying that the past couple of seasons haven't been solid for Drew, but he is playing with a little bit of jump in his step. He He's asked for the general manager to improve this club. That's exactly what they've done over the last two seasons. And he's excited. He was really disappointed about missing out on that playoff series with the Oilers due to injury last year. He's pumped for this year. This team is better than they were a year ago. And uh, they're poised for hopefully what should be a long playoff run. And that's really, you know, turned up the wicket uh, for, for Drew Doughty. He's played solid. He's also added a few tools to his toolbox and uh, is looking to improve his offensive numbers and really has been showing off a nice shot from out on the blue line, um, especially on the power play. So uh, vintage Drew is is a comment that's been heard more than once this season uh, as you watch him play. I uh, can't wait to see uh, maybe he and Evander Kane go into the corner and see what might happen when that happens. Uh, between the pipes, Cam Talbot's looked fantastic. A big game or big save. Dave, obviously, as Oilers fans like to refer to Dave Redegas. Well, how has the situation been with the loss of Copley as well? Well, I think everybody was certainly holding their breath at the beginning of the season coming in when looking at the goaltenders. Uh, you know, I've mentioned several times there about, about the improvement on the roster. The one real serious question mark coming into the season uh, locally in Los Angeles and really across the league when it came to the LA Kings was between the pipes. And uh, Cam Talbot has stood up and stood tall. And, uh, you know, is he going to be able to work his way into the Vesna conversation? We'll have to see. His, his numbers have certainly been ridiculous and far beyond what even the most optimistic Kings fan or member of Kings management could have hoped for. Cam Talbot has really delivered for Coach Todd McClellan who was a big fan of him from his time that they spent together in Edmonton and, uh, you, you know, tried to tell everybody how good this player was, and, and uh, he's, he's proven it between the pipes. Then there was a collective holding of the breath when Copley went down with injury a few weeks ago. Really, it's funny because uh, you talked about the fan base at the top of the interview. About a month ago, people were ready to send Phoenix Copley, you know, uh, anywhere that they could. Um, they weren't happy with this play to start the season, and now people were up in arms and, you know, the season might be over because Copley, the backup goaltender, was injured. So it's kind of funny how things have changed over the last 30 days. 
But uh, Dave certainly has stepped in and, and done an admirable job now, to be fair. He's won two games. They both have been against the Sharks. Um, the Sharks are not as bad as their record. Uh, but they're still the Sharks at this point, and, and they're not at, in the same sort of uh, tier as the L.A. Kings or even the Edmonton Oilers would be. So two wins for Dave. He's been able to come in and do what he needs to do as a backup goaltender. We'll see how many starts he gets here over the next four to six weeks, and at that point they'll have to make a decision as Copley works his way back uh, from injury, you know, which player is going to stay and serve as the backup and which player is going to uh, have to go on waivers and, and you know, potentially uh, finish the season in the American Hockey League if they don't get picked up by another club. And it's safe to say Talbot gets to start tomorrow? Oh, for sure. Uh, well, you know, when it comes to Todd McClellan, you can't say anything for sure. But let's certainly say that he's penciled in uh, with a r- r- really dark, uh, thick <laughs> shade of lead. Uh, yes, I would expect Cam Talbot. Uh, between the pipes tomorrow night for the LA Kings. Well, it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, John, thanks so much for doing this today. Really do appreciate it. And say hi to a Dennis Bernstein for me. Absolutely. Will do. Thanks, Connor. We'll talk to you soon. For sure. That is John Hoven of com. Check out his work. Uh, really appreciate him coming on the show. Uh, big, big supporter of Sports Radio in Edmonton. He's, he's hopped on our airways for a long time. So happy to have John join us today. Talk about the LA Kings, who the Oilers will take on tomorrow down in SoCal. That's for McDonald's. Might grab a McFlurry tonight. Celebrate the week, little Oreo, add a little extra fudge. Yeah, come on. You got to treat yourself every once in a while, Brandon. You might have just talked me into it. <laughs> it didn't take much convincing. <laughs> no, I, I, mean, I know you got a McDonald's by your you, house. You know I have a McDonald's by my house, and more importantly, you know that I have a huge sweet tooth, and I'm also a glutton, so... You don't need to to ask me twice when it comes to basically anything ice cream. Uh, but, yeah, you get some uh, – I mean, the Smarty is the classic, I think. But I had I the candy like, cane one? I Oh, no, no. They had that over the holidays. Candy canes are like the most overrated candy of all time. They stink. Um, score, a score McFlurry. But then, yeah, the key is to make sure you add uh, the fudge. Uh, and or, extra crumble. And, and or caramel. <laughs> maybe both. Oh, maybe. But, Sound uh, good. But if, if not one, definitely the other. So uh, who knows? Maybe I'll uh, indulge in a little McFlurry on my way home today as well. I think everyone should. Then take a picture and tweet it. It's the weekend. Yeah, celebrate. No way good to times. ring in the new year with a McFlurry. Uh, love McDonald's. The text coming in here. Boys, we only make that list because we have two of the best players. Watch that number if we win. That's from iMac as uh, the... Tied for third, most annoying fans or most hated team. Yeah, that could be part of it. I think the fan base plays a little bit of a role in it. Ed texting into one eight three three four zero one fourteen forty, saying, I hate players more than I hate teams, per se. I hated Ryan Kessler, Mark Stone, Mikey Anderson, Mangiapane, Getzlaff. On a positive note, I love Iggy, and I loved Sidney the Kidney. Go, Oilers, go. Yeah, Jerome Ginlow was a weird one because he was unbelievable hated him but also respected him do you think flames fans felt the same way about smitty like, i don't think so <laughs> you, you hated him but you respected him or did they just hate him i don't think see i don't i can't speak for every oilers fan i would never try to but even when he played i respected jerome ginla i think i maybe it has to do with the fact that he's a local guy he's from here playing for calgary maybe it, kinda, it can kind of take some of that sting out and the fact people res- like you said they respected the way he played he played it honest hard uh great leader great captain you can say all those things about Ryan Smith. I mean, he's not from Calgary, so maybe that's the only element missing. Banff, though. But, yeah, so so I wonder if it's a kind of two sides of the same coin there, kind of running parallel with each other about how each respective fan base felt about their um, most hated 
rival city's top player. Yeah, I mean, someone might argue that Jerome McGinley is not from Edmonton, St. Albert, <laughs> right? So, I mean, I think St. Albert, and I know St. Albert's a lot closer than Banff is to Calgary, but yeah, I mean, heart and soul, guys. Jerome had more skill, no denying that, but both huge hearts, uh, both won Olympic gold medals, represented their countries admirably, went to the Stanley Cup final and lost. So there are some parallels there. Growing up as somebody that very rarely, actually, I went to Hinton all the time. That's where my grandparents were from. I always thought Banff was just as far, as far away from Calgary as Jasper is from Edmonton, despite looking at a map <laughs> could very obviously indicate otherwise. Well, maybe like from Red Deer to Banff and Edmonton to Hinton, maybe. Still way Still closer. closer. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, Jasper is very far west. But it's a nice drive. It's peaceful. Yeah, through the uh, Parkland County. It's not as hectic as the old QE2. Beautiful, uh, lots of nice trees. Yeah. They all look, the trees all look the same. And then you know you're coming up on Hinton when you can smell it. The mill. Can you? The pulp mill. Hmm. I, mean, I don't think my nose works very well. I can't smell much. But yeah, well, uh, next time I go out there, I'll take a look. Hello, Jasper. Love going out there for a night or two. Well, we will take a break. When we come back, we will be joined by Alexis Downey. She covers the Ducks, does the pre- and post-game shows on the Ducks stream. That'll be the Oil Report. Coming up next here on the Jason Greger Show, brought to you by Play Alberta Live on Sports 1440 and the Oilers Nation YouTube and Facebook stream. Where's that dust coming from? Still finding debris after vacuuming? UVX 10 Pro Omni Robot Vacuum has 8,000 PA of powerful suction to remove debris deep in carpets. And it's totally hands-free. Want to know more? Go to eufy.com. That's eufy.com and discover X10 Pro Omni, the best-in-class all-in-one robot vacuum for only $799. 344, thank you guys so much for tuning in to this Positive Friday edition of the Jason Greger Show, brought to you by PlayAlberta.ca. Connor Halley and Brandon Douglas sitting in today. Greger will be back when we return next week in the new year, January 2nd. He'll also join us later on, uh, about an hour and 20 minutes or so. We also have Craig Button, Mark Spector, and Wanya Gretz of Oilers Nation will be by to a co-host for the last couple hours. Five questions, the ski report, a whole lot to get to. Uh, the Edmonton Oilers in action this weekend down in Southern California. They will take on the LA Kings on Saturday and then uh, I, I don't even know probably stay in the same hotel it's a quick ride down to Anaheim for the game I don't know maybe uh, we'll have to get our next guest to fill us in on that as it is time for the oil report brought to you by Volvo Cars Edmonton they will pay your first two bi-weekly payments on any Volvo lease or save an additional 3500 off XC60 plug hybrids until January 1st only at Volvo Cars Edmonton we bring in Alexis Down. You can hear her on the pre and post game shows on Ducks Stream. Alexis, good afternoon. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, thank you so much for doing this today. Really do appreciate it. And uh, the Anaheim Ducks, uh, kind of an up and down season. We've seen some good, some bad. There's been some injuries. The team's starting to get healthy. And it all kind of came together in that first period against the Vegas Golden Knights. Four goals unanswered. Uh, looked pretty impressive. Uh, how's the, the feeling around this team right now? Yeah, it, it was quite an exciting win the other day over Vegas. I mean, just 
the the fact that they were able to come back from the Christmas break and get a win and get such a hot start in that game uh, was certainly a positive. But I think the energy has been good around the the guys in the locker room. Um, obviously, having that break is always nice and getting to spend time with family. But in general, I think there's been a lot of things that the team has been doing well as of late. And uh, I think they've been kind of feeding off of that now, despite, you know, some of the losses still. the I think it has still been a very positive energy that the group has. I want to ask you about Mason McTavish, one of my favorite players. I mean, I, I love this story from him the last couple of years, representing his country on a bunch of different levels, uh, playing for different junior teams. He was just all over the place, kind of showed to me this kid just loves hockey and wants to get out there. In 27 games so far this year, he's got 24 points. Uh, what have you thought of McTavish's play this year? He's been really great for the Anaheim Ducks. Um, you know, he started the season really strong, uh, playing on that line with Frank Petrano and Ryan Strom. And then the line kind of, had a little bit of a, you know, like a, a dead slide in their point production for a little bit. But um, as for Mason, I mean, he's such a hockey guy. You see it just in the way he is, the way he carries himself. Um, and I know he did miss a couple games because he has also been dealing with an injury, but he has been back and he had quite a night against Vegas the other night, three points, three assists. Uh, so I, I think that, you know, he is such a bright future here in Anaheim. And I think the expectations are, pretty high for him too and he knows that so um it's been fun to see him continue to blossom this year and just see you know what he can do alexis downey joining us here on the jason gregor show connor halley brandon douglas uh, guest hosting for jason this afternoon uh, alexis one of the biggest surprises i think for a lot of ducks fans has been the play of uh, pavel minchikov of course a top 10 pick uh, a couple drafts ago I would have thought Owen Zellweger cracked this uh, big league roster before Minchikov uh, being an older player, but uh, Zellweger down in San Diego, uh, how much has Minchikov impressed not only you and the team itself, but maybe the fan base down in Southern California? He's definitely been the biggest surprise on the team this season. And uh, I actually had a chance to speak with him this morning just about where he's at with his play and if he had any expectations for himself just coming into the season. And I mean, he said he feels good. He, he's happy with what he's been able to do so far. He has such good chemistry with Ilya Labushkin, his line mate, and it certainly helps that, you know, they're able to have that cultural bind too, just having that background. Um, so I think that's helped with his transition in general, but he's a really fun, loving guy, just kind of a little goofy. Uh, you see his personality around, which I think can be a little rare sometimes because, you know, new guys coming into the locker room could be intimidated, but um, he he's a real joy to be around and certainly just such a surprise on the back end. I mean, he's been getting, um, you know, he was getting consistent minutes on the power play and now it's kind of transitioned a little bit more he's more on just on penalty kill um kind of up to the coaching staff to decide his fate on that end too with Jamie Drysdale back on the blue line but um you know I, I think that there's just little things that he does in his game um that really show his hockey IQ and just the details that he's worked on that's something that Greg Cronin spoke a little bit about he wants to see those details continue to improve um, you know, through this next part of the season or so, but he's been happy with his uh, production so far in his first season. 
Alexis Downey, our guest here talking Ducks. You can catch her uh, pre- and post-game work on a Ducks stream uh, here on the Jason Greger Show on Sports 1440. Uh, Alexis, this Ducks team got off to a really good start for the season, better than I think almost everybody expected. But then at uh, the end of November and then the start of December, losing uh, you know eight straight, one win, and then five more losses. Of those two kind of variations of this team, which one do you think is more realistic uh, to what, what we can expect the rest of the way here? Or is it somewhere in between? I honestly think it's somewhere in between. Um, you know, there was some games in that stretch where the team was winning early that, I mean, Greg Cronin said, you know, there were some games that they won that maybe they shouldn't have won and some games that they lost that they shouldn't have lost. So it's been a good balance, I think, of the team just figuring out what winning is like and what losing is like, at least for the younger guys. It's all a part of this rebuilding process that, you know, the Ducks know they're in. And um, it's been great to see the the production that we've seen from these rookies and just how quickly that they've been able to get adjusted. But I think that we're at a point now in the season where there are there's a little more consistency being built and that's something that they want to see moving forward just more consistent play a fuller 60 minute um effort from the team too so i i think that it is a little bit in between you know there's some nights where you see the team get out to a really hot start and typically in those games you know they they do better um but i think it's just about the full 60 minute effort that they're just looking for more consistently and they're still trying to find that we are discussing the Anaheim Ducks with Alexis Downey here on the Jason Greger Show. The Ducks, of course, hosting the Oilers on Sunday. Anaheim taking on the Coyotes tonight. And uh, Alexis, uh, one of the names that pops up all the time here, and I just want to see your opinion on it and how realistic it is, but do you think John Gibson could be a potential trade or a player that could be moved at some point this year if things don't uh, turn around and the you know the playoff push isn't going to be something that's realistic? To be honest, from everything I have heard and just in my conversations, um, you know, Pat Verbeek sees John Gibson a part of this Anaheim Ducks organization. John Gibson and his agent and Verbeek sat down at the beginning of the year, discussed what the future is like here in Anaheim and how Verbeek and Gibson agreed, you know, that he should be here because um, Verbeek wants a number one goaltender in the net um, as a part of this process to when the team is ready, just have that goalie. And John Gibson, of course, has been in this league a long time at this point now. And, um, you know, last year was a hard year for him, uh, just with the amount of shots that he had to face night in and night out. So um, I I personally think he will be a part of the Ducks moving forward too, just in everything I know and um, just what I've heard from him and just going as you look ahead to the future just knowing that the organization wants him to be here as the team rebuilds and when they're ready to be winning more consistently they they definitely want him as a part of that plan uh, alexis one question for you here not nhl related at all living down in anaheim do you go to disneyland uh, multiple times a year and if so do you have a favorite ride <laughs> you know you're actually asking the wrong person oh, no. i have to be honest <laughs> um I went to Disneyland for the first time in January of this year, and it was only because the Ducks do a special Ducks Day at Disney every year where all the players get to go, the fans are there, and it was really cool, and I would love to go back, but I haven't yet, so I... I, I need to, um, but when I was there, I loved the cars ride. You got to like sit in a car, one of the cars, and I, I thought that was pretty cool. But uh, we get to go again in February, so 
hopefully I get to go and experience the whole thing at some point. But you would think I would go more often than I have. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I've always kind of been curious. I'm envious of the people that live in that area. Uh, <laughs> I, I love Disneyland. I mean, yeah, the Cars ride, your Lightning McQueen, it's always a good time. But uh, <laughs> had to ask you that question. Uh, well, Alexis, thanks so much for joining us today. Really appreciate it. And uh, have a good show tonight as the Ducks take on the Coyotes. Thanks so much for having me, guys. There you go. That is Alexis Downey. Covers the team on the Duck Stream Pre and Post Game Shows. Appreciate that. Uh, I don't get to, you know, interview people from Anaheim too often. So when I do, uh, as a huge Disneyland person myself that hasn't been there in way too long, I just got to try to ask around, see what the new rides are. Because, you know, the Tower of Terror changed to Guardians of the Galaxy. Haven't been able to go on that ride yet. And, you know, I'm trying to do a little digging. So, Connor, you're you're an LA Chargers fan, uh, previously of San Diego. Yes. You you have you been to SoFi yet? No, I have no, not been. So, but you've been to SoCal a lot. Uh, probably stopping in LA for to check things out. Maybe on yeah. your way to either to or from San Diego to watch games. So, how many times have you been to Disneyland? Probably five times. Really? Yeah, yeah. My grandma lived in Palm Springs. Oh, so we'd go spend Christmas there. So we'd like do kind of the triangle. We'd go. Palm Springs, head to San Diego for a Chargers games, drive up, I'd be up to uh, LA, (laughs) go to Disneyland, maybe Universal Studios for a little bit. I love that area. And I love San Diego. I would love to go back there, maybe watch a lacrosse game, the Padres, you know. I think they've got some soccer down there. Go to Disneyland, go to a Chargers game. We were supposed to go in 2020, but Mm. something came up. That didn't, yeah, that didn't end up working out, did it? It it really put a... A wrench in the plans. We were going to do a Dodgers game and an Angels game, and it just did not work out for us. Such is life. Uh, That was the oil report brought to you by Volvo Cars Edmonton. Check them out, volvocarsedmonton.com. A couple texts here before we get to break, and we'll be welcoming Wanya Gretz of Oilers Nation in just in a few minutes here. Cat Dad says the San Diego Zoo is one of the most amazing places I've ever been. Cat Dad, you're on to something. Although I've never been my, <laughs> I went on a trip with uh, a f- couple friends and a few of them wanted to go to the zoo and a couple of us wanted to go to Pacific beach and have some beers at a pub. And we took that route. They went the other way. And I think everyone had a really good time. This might come across as like a super, like trying to be woke thing to say, but zoos honestly just really depress me. Yeah. And I, I've never been in the San Diego one. Haven't seen it. My, like they're trapped, you may, know? Yeah, like maybe they do a great job. Uh, even each day in the mall, we take our walk down uh, the sea line uh, out here. I mean, like I always wonder, is like, where do they, like how much room do they have when they're not out in this pool? Like where do they live? Like I just think about it all the time. And uh, I I have a very soft spot in my uh, my heart for animals. I've been growing up raising them and caring for them i know people have a it might to some people might seem hypocritical as a farmer to be concerned about uh zoo welfare and things like that but uh, i like to think uh, that farmers like the animals are our way of life we have to look after them and uh, make sure they're treated well so zoos they're more about the uh the bottom dollar and you know most things are pretty replaceable uh for them so i i would love to go check out the san diego zoo and actually see it firsthand before forming a full opinion yeah but zoos in general they kind of just bum me out i went to sea world and did it bum you out? No, I was like in grade three. Killer oh. whales were really cool. Very I cool. I feel like uh, maybe it was, what's that movie? See, Free, see? Free Willy. Free Willy. It made like orcas. Fin. It made orcas so cool. So yeah. I was like, oh, we got to go see well, Shamu. they are cool. They're like the apex predator. Yeah. 
I mean, the more, like, as a kid, you're like, oh, it's so cute. And then you grow up and these things can get the and job they're, done. And they're, and they're not a whale. No? They're a dolphin. Really? Yeah, they belong to the dolphin family. Okay. Well, either way. SeaWorld was either okay. Either way, mammals. Either <laughs> way, mammals. A vitamin J texting into one eight three three four zero one fourteen forty says, I bet people in small town Alberta are jealous of people in Edmonton and West Edmonton Mall the same way. Yeah, but the West Edmonton Mall is free. Like Disneyland, even if you're a local, I think you get a discount, but it is still crazy expensive. It's expensive to go. And keep in mind, like anywhere in Alberta, apart from maybe the deep north, like you're you're not more than like the vast majority of the population isn't more than a few hours away. So, yeah, and I mean, I mean, like maybe people in Saskatchewan or Manitoba are like jealous of Edmonton and West Edmonton Mall, but rural Alberta, I I don't I don't think so. You come once and you think you, it's like you've seen it. The mall's pretty sick though. Like we just walk <laughs> around and like, oh, there's a pirate ship. Oh, there's animals. Oh, there's the water park, Galaxyland. It's got it all. Galaxyland. Chuba Hubbard, big fan. Big fan. Noted fan. Big fan of the. Uh, the bridge too he had that on his little suit the high level bridge no the new bridge the walter walter dale yeah big fan shout out to to chuba we're big fans of chuba here uh walter talking about players you air quotes hate says this oiler fan considers aginla a canadian hero walter uh can't disagree with you i think a lot of people love iggy that's that's okay He's a Avalanche, Bruins, Kings, Penguins legend. And uh, last one goes to Kamek here. Hey, fellas, Kamek here. Speaking from personal opinion, I can honestly say that every player I've ever hated, air quotes, I would absolutely love to have on my team. Haha. <laughs> Cheers, guys. Totally agree. You don't hate them because they suck. You usually hate them because they're good and they hurt your team, and it makes a lot of sense. So, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it is interesting. Uh, Vitamin J says, what part of WEM is free? Well, it's free to walk in, my friend. We're not charging you to walk in. You can't even walk into Disneyland and uh, really experience anything. But good point. Good point to do all the attractions. It does cost money. So that that is fair. But, I mean, I can go to McDonald's and grab a cheeseburger for, like, three bucks, two bucks, have a coffee, and enjoy it. Disneyland, that's going to cost you a solid 40 American. It's expensive out there. Uh, we better take a break. When we come back, we will get to Wanya Gretz of Oilers Nation, the Jason Greger Show, Connor Halley, and Brandon Douglas sitting in today. We'll get to an update right now brought to you by... Fountain Tire. Fountain Tire is more than just tires. They offer a wide range of auto repair and services from their expert mechanics. Visit FountainTire.com to see all the mechanical services they offer. Here is Brandon Douglas.